0: welcome back to another special episode of the epic experiment podcast i'm your host bruce It's episode 143 and i'm joined on the line once again with my co-host sneaky pete how are you tonight pete
1: hey bruce what's up everybody i uh wow we broke 140 we're almost at 150 fingers crossed we'll get there right they won't kick us off the air yet you know (laughs) exactly So it's good to be back here. You know, we're talking more Magic: The Gathering tonight. Um, If you like what you're hearing, our content is at the Lotus Council website, thelotuscouncil.com, and circulating on various Discord servers. All right, Bruce. How can you find us?
0: Yes, you can find (laughs) us if you want to uh, find get a hold of us. uh, All the ways to reach us are in the show notes. That's you know our email, our social media contacts. Um, Reach out to us. We'd love to have people reach out to us and send us mail. So uh, yeah.
1: Alright, what do we got tonight, Bruce? What's our first, right. uh, first section? Up
0: first, up first. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We have Garbage or Great. Uh, so, we each have got our Garbage or Great in tonight. So, we, let's see what we got. Alright, up first we have Seagate Wreckage. Which is uh, from Oath of the Gatewatch. And it is a land. Which like, Lands that have spell-like abilities are pretty powerful. So, this is Tap at a Colorless Mana. Uh, which is represented by the funny wingding, colored right, type shape and audience. If you don't know, go follow the link on in the show notes to you know the Scryfall link. You'll, you know what I mean by a wingding. Uh, two in a wing, two in a colorless Tap, draw card. Activate only if you have no cards in hand. Is this garbage or is this great, Pete? So
1: um, there's a few spells out there that do a similar. Uh, a creature that says if you, don't, if you would draw a card and you have no cards in hand, instead draw two. Um, there's that new artifact from Lord of the Rings, a file of drill that says if you would draw mm-hmm. a card while well, you have no cards in hand, draw two instead. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing a super aggro deck, like a goblin deck or something, and you're just punching people in the face and you're, you don't really care about how many cards you have in hand, this might actually get you another card or two that you might need at the end of someone's turn. Um, and I used to play a deck where I would discard cards for value on purpose with, like, blood mo- with a Bone Miser and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not, like, a great card. Like, I wouldn't put it in most of my decks, right? But it's, um, like, if you need colorless mana for whatever reason, or you're playing, like, I don't know, a deck that cares about not having a hand, like a Madness deck or something, um, it might do something. But most of well, the time it does nothing.
0: <laughs> I think this right? guy so I, I have the opinion, like you've tried to paint this with road color glasses, and I'm looking <laughs> at this. This is a spots hot poop soup. I have Aww. definitely <laughs> try, I've tried to make this card good. Now, so here's an example. You gave an example of like a, an aggro deck. Say a goblin deck or something like that. Sure. What goblin deck is going to stop and d- spend three mana four mana effectively to draw a card? They're not gonna do it. They're going to find other ways to 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 use that impulse draw to to replace this effect. They're not going to want to put a land in their deck that doesn't make red or you know an aggro color. So if you're a, if you're a typically aggro decks are one color, like they would be a mono red, a mono white, something like that. They're not going to want to put a land that doesn't produce um, their color or mana unless it produce, produces more damage. So aggro decks, that's like a fallacy. Like I don't believe there are many aggro decks. I want to play this card. Um, in a typical mid-rangey sort of approach, you have way better ways of, of drawing cards. Um, if you're going to put this in a multicolored deck, how many ways are you going to have to trigger this ability to draw? That's what I always stumble across. How many lands do you have that actually tap for colors I- that you are going to be able to play realistically in your deck? To trigger this card, and then you still have to meet the condition that you've got no lands in play. Sorry, no hands, no cards in hand. Honestly, yeah, so it's, it's
1: double. It's a double. It's a double conditional card, which which means that it restricts you in such a way where uh, it's almost unplayable when it comes to bingo. Our for our format, which yeah, I mean, you're not you're, an audience. He's not. He's not like he's not um, discrediting what I have to say. He's just Bruce is just saying like. In a vacuum, we would never play this card here. Is it fine yeah. and limited? Probably, right? This is a card that would be played in limited. In, in did, Zendikar, did you, back in did the you
0: play Old of the Gatewatch limited?
1: I actually was. That was before my time, just a year or two before.
0: Okay, <laughs> so like as, as the, apparently the resident old timer, even <laughs> when you were playing Oath of the Gatewatch, you didn't want to. You didn't want to take this. You card. just
1: passed it along. That makes sense. You, just,
0: you pass it along. And you might have enforced it late, like, like on the wheel or something like that. Right. And even then, you probably didn't play it. It's it was comparable
1: th- to that new. There's a new land in LOTR that's like that, right? It, it, you can yeah. add one man of any color in your graveyard. Most people just mm-hmm. pass it. It's a Scry land that doesn't really do much of anything sure. um, in the draft. So yeah, I,
0: I, I like your points, Bruce. I think, I think it's so. It really yeah, really I mean, it. I, I've tried to make this card be something viable and be good, and thinking like. Well, yeah maybe i do run out of cards and, and need it and then i'm like no like consistently i find in commander are so many better ways to draw cards and like it, you know even in the car in the color that has the hardest time drawing cards which is typically white white itself now has lots of ways to draw cards red has mm-hmm. more efficient ways of drawing cards blue black green all have better ways of drawing cards you're not playing this colors effect unless you're in a like the two most popular commanders to run, to play this are Eldrazi commanders. Right. And you're playing it in things like. Because they have like...
1: nothing else. They have nothing Definitely. else they able Because
0: they got nothing else. But like, if that's really the the depths that we have to go to to make this card playable, then probably pass and move We're on
1: with it. Out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: there we go. Seagate Wreckage. <laughs> Garbage. More like. Don't play it. More like hot, hot, hot mess poop wreckage. soup. <laughs> hot poop soup.
1: Uh, All right. Maybe what do you, you should got? Trademark that. All right. So, <laughs> I honestly love this whole cycle. Um, there's a cycle from this old, really old set uh, from Invasion. Uh, it's called. Co- it's called. The card is called Breaking Wave. And the the cycle for each uh, color back in the day, they printed a sorcery where you, you can pay two colorless extra or man of any color, whatever, to cast it. With flash. So, Breaking Wave is two colorless and two blue, and you can pay an extra two, so six in total. Um, Simultaneously, untap all tapped creatures and tap all untapped creatures. So, that's really neat, and I was just saying, like, I love doing things at instant speed in Commander. I love doing this because no one will see it in blue if someone's swinging at me and I have all my creatures tapped for some reason to untap them and block you or mess with combat in some way where, like, Someone's going to swing at another player. You tap all their creatures down. You know what I mean? Yeah, It's, I know. It, it's, 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 it's kind of gross uh, when, you, when you This think
0: is it. A, this is a really cool ability, a really cool card. Um, some of the other cards in the cycle, folks, Like I, I remember seeing, like, I've seen G2 Fire. I had one for a while, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Saffroning Symbiosis appeared in Dominaria Remastered.
1: Yes, so you can. can
0: actually get a copy of it at a reasonable price. Um, but Um And there's Route and Twilight's Call, which are all... Yeah. Each of these cards are... Twilight Call, like, listen to this one, Gross. folks. F- four black <laughs> block with the same clause. Uh, you can pay two extra to cast at instant speed. Each player returns all creature cards from his or her graveyard to play. That's mm-hmm. silly. Like, yeah, that so could like, be...
1: I mean, if I was playing this card, because I'm a, a mad scientist, evil genius... Uh, not a genius, but an evil person. I uh, I would definitely just play those like exile effects like Gisa and stuff. Like the replacement effects for when car- creature cards hit my opponent's graveyard. Yeah. So it's sure. like I could just reanimate all my stuff, you know? Because I'm well, evil.
0: Like, so I think the <laughs> example you play, you play something like Dothy Voidwalker. Yeah. So it says if a card we put into an opponent's graveyard... And then Dothy Voidwalker appears very prominently as a as a prominent black card yeah and so if it if a card we put into an opponents graveyard from anywhere and ag- instead exile it so that means their graveyards are getting hosed and then yours are not and so twilight call then becomes one-sided and you can pull all your you can you know if you had been if you've been a, a mill um a, a graveyard mill deck milling things into your bin you're now you know one-sided ability to pull everything out of your car out of your deck like that's cool. Um, Route is also pretty cool. And anytime you have an instant speed wrath, oh, that's gosh. cool.
1: I mean, like there's not that many at all. I mean, that's probably the only one I can think of.
0: There's Fated Retribution, which is a card from yeah. Born of the Gods, does something similar. Um, just let me pull it up so I can... So I, I can... It. It's yeah.
1: It's four colors and three whites. It's an instant, so it's for seven. But it's three yeah. white, where Route is only five. But it's the, same, it's the same cost, except it's harder to cast than Route is. Yeah. Uh, just, this one just hits more things. Destroy all creatures and planeswalkers if it's your turn, Scry 2. Um, but I think Route is even better because they can't be regenerated. is something that most people don't think about until someone's playing a card that regenerates something, like Elves. Right? There's um, yeah. mm-hmm. Azuri that does it, the, uh, gr- the mono-green one that regenerates an Elf. For, sure does. Um, there's a few other cards now that they pr- they printed regenerate on the card. Um, I don't remember the most recent case, but like, I don't know. It's it's, it's just like something that like you could play it easily. Um, all these cards you could you could slot into a, uh, a slot uh, at the top, yeah. to top end of your deck. So yeah, know.
0: the the one the one who seems disappointing is G2 Fire because it's just a fireball that you can cast it into speed, which. Because of the way mana, the way fireballs are te- are templated, it's um, it's just mana intensive for the amount of da- damage you're going to do to an opponent, um, and it's not a particularly effective removal spell unless you're right. getting something really cheap. But like the fact that you could, you have the fl- versatility, the flexibility is interesting. let's say, sure. but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a su- super fun cycle. I think the example of Breaking Wave. Is probably the most intriguing card because of the potential blowout. Like you could force somebody to miss, the, like miss their attack step, as you tap them down on their as they just before right. the of combat as
1: they declare attackers and then yeah. The other well, thing I was thinking about was convoke.
0: Yeah. Um, oh yeah, you could I, use, you could use convoke to you know, cast to convoke
1: it and then untap all your creatures, so you're basically paying it for nothing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so I I again I think I think the Breaking Wave has got a lot of this whole cycle is really interesting and there's an older cycle. And like Twilight's Call is listed as being a dollar eighty nine on Skyfall here. Like if you could find it at a rather reasonable price, um Breaking Wave is listed at seventy four cents. Like none of these cards are particularly expensive. You can get Route for nineteen cents. Like Sapling symbiosis. The the one that's the one that was expensive. If you get the version from Invasion, it's like it's, it's eleven dollars. If you get the remastered ones from Dominaria, you're paying under forty cents. It's awesome. So like <laughs> these are all great bargain pickups for you to to scoop up and mm-hmm. you know and and enjoy the flexibility they're affording you um, and some interesting and some interesting mechanics. I think these are great cards. I think these are great. These are great pickups. And great things that that people have probably forgotten about, Pete. I think it was really yeah. good.
1: so speaking of flexibility, our uh, our big segment tonight, we're talking about proxying. and I know that's a taboo for some people, but we're gonna bring some ex- personal experience as well as overall sort of how magic views it and why we believe uh, proxying is a good thing for the game. Uh, Bruce, do you want to yeah. start?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just I just ask you this, like Pete, like, yeah, like. Let's think about where Pete was three years ago. Pete the magic player. <laughs> sure. Pete the Magic Player. Was what was Pete's Magic Player's opinion on proxying, you know, three years ago? So in Are 2019, you, 2020, you yeah. know, in the middle of the pandemic, you know, little Pete's at home, you know, after <laughs> university class, he's brewing yeah. up decks. What did Pete think of proxying at that point?
1: So that's really funny you say that because I had, before the pandemic, I was very much against it because I was uncomfortable with it, right? Because I was like, well, you, you should buy the card, you know, to play with the card itself. <laughs> and then when the pandemic hit, I was like, uh, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm playing over Discord. Why, what, does it really matter at this point? And... I can just print it out for a dollar at the university library and it just makes sense. Cause I've already have one copy. So that actually convinced me more to start proxying um, in my decks when I was at first averse to it. So that's really funny. Yeah, you that. <laughs>
0: yeah I can agree. Cause like three years ago, I would have, I i think I was similarly would have been more opposed to the idea of proxying. I'm like, no, no, I think you think you need, I think you need to have the, like cards the integrity of, the of it, you know, like yeah. the
1: integrity of it or for whatever and, reason.
0: I think what has changed for me over time now is, and just just to state my general position, is that Wizards has printed so many cards, secret layers, and this and that, and fancy printings, whatever else. And the secondary market has seen cards accrue in value. And there have been so many new, cool new cards printed. It's really impossible to pick up everything you want all the time. And even if you pick it up, is it good? Does it fit in your deck? Is it what you want to do? I don't know. So I'm like, before we invest our hard-earned dollars on new cards, it, th- it makes sense to me to test them out to see if they're any good. Right. And that's just, you know, that's how I view proxying right now. Um, you should be like, proxying is a way for test out your cards to see if the cards are worth buying and putting them in your deck. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I understand like there's a difference between proxies and fakes all right like (laughs) there's a big difference there if i'm buying a proxy or i'm getting a proxy it's because i am intending on getting the real card or i have a copy of the real card but it's unfeasible for me to go have multiple copies of it use the example of an original dual land if i want to go to underground sea underground sea is almost a thousand dollars a card Oh, yeah, no, it's almost a thousand dollars. No. So well, let's like let's <laughs> go check it up right now. But underground, please uh, don't.
1: <laughs> that'll hurt. My well, heart.
0: we're gonna check it up. I'm not think it's worth our while. So for if sure. you get a revised underground C, you can get it for six hundred and eighty-six dollars. Oh, gosh. so seven hundred dollars. You know, and that's probably cheapest. The uh, old border version that was printed in the 30th anniversary is fifteen hundred bucks. If you get the 30th 30th anniversary edition. In the modern border, it's still five hundred and sixty-five dollars. Right. Like that would be a card that, in my estimation, is unrealistic for players to have multiple copies of, despite the fact that most players have multiple blue-black decks, whether they're Grixis or sultai or right. just blue-black or whatever.
1: Let's um, So let's even go smaller, right? Like I've been in situations with with friends who are like, I'm selling my collection because I need to buy an engagement ring, or I'm selling my collection because I just I can't need to take pay a rent. I need to pay a rent. Like for me, Bruce. Like, luckily, I am pretty much done um, with my, you know, my, my rent right now because I, I'm moving home. I I need a job. I haven't got a job yet. I don't have a job right now, right? <laughs> like, I'm not gonna yeah. spend five hundred dollars on, uh, you know, four copies of and Alter*, four copies of all the fetches, yeah. you know, shit like that. Like, excuse yeah. my language, but like, no one, no one is, no one is. You're not obligated. No. To spend your hard-earned money the way Watsy says you should. Yeah. So, um, so,
0: I'm yeah. I'm like you. I'm a, I think of the, I think personally there should be more proxying should be more acceptable within the community. Three years ago, I would have had a very different opinion, but right now I'm no. like, you know what? The other one that's really changed my opinion on this is C, playing CDH. No? Not that I play a lot of CDH, but CDH accepts that these cards are expensive. And thus, to yeah. have a copy of a Time Twister in your deck probably isn't realistic. Like, that's right. a $2,500 or a, a $3,000 card. Right. And so, like, if, you know, that's a card that gets proxied, and CEDH doesn't blink at it. They're like, yeah, sure. You don't even own the card. That's fine. Like, so right. that acceptance of, that, of, the, of the CEDH community sort of, I think... Is starting to pervade, how because there's a lot there's so much CDH content out there. Whether you're watching the spike feeders or you're watching right. uh, play to win or you're watching all these guys that are build, doing content on the internet and they, you know playing with power or whatever, they've got all these gr- all these great decks and there's tons of proxies in them and it's yeah. no one blinks, everyone accepts it. It's totally okay. That's cool. So wh- like the casual community, I can appreciate like. There needs to be a boundary proxy. Oh, for sure. But, like, there's really not an issue about the whole, like, around the idea of proxying cards. You know, until you are, like, unless just a card you really, like, it really pushes you out of your p- play group's power level. Like, if you're playing a, oh, about a casual playgroup.
1: Mephistopheles or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. Or, like, change Mephistopheles, which most people don't even know what that does. Um,. And, but
1: like, you know, I mean, there's oh, examples like I've seen in pods, right? Like, I, it happened to me uh, on Thursday last week. I was home for a little bit. I went to a shop. I was playing with um, a few guys at this place um, in my hometown. And the one guy, I think he was just bitter, um, unfortunately, because he had to sell his collection. But if I had to sell my collection, I, I would definitely proxy everything that I used to own. But this guy was just getting back into the game after being on hiatus. And we had a conversation about proxies. And I told him, listen, like beginning of the game, hey, I have a few proxies in my deck. There are cards I own. If you want me to show you where the real card is, I can pull out my decks and find it for you. But he didn't even say anything. He didn't, didn't matter. When I blew him out later in the game, a different story. Oh, well, your power level is so much higher than ours. Uh, yeah, I mean, I played a tokens deck that had a few strong cards in it, but most of the cards, 90% of the cards were not proxied. I just beat you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't say yeah. that to the guy's face, and I'm not God's gift to this game. I'm definitely pretty average. But it frustrated me that I had to feel bad about proxying cards that I own, you know? And not to, like, yeah. get on my soapbox here, but um, I've seen people proxy entire decks without owning any of the cards. That's something that I get frustrated with, and most people would. Um, but if you're proxying cards that you own or proxying cards you want to try, I, I, we're kind of going in circles, but. I think you know. Try it before you buy it is one of the most popular things we do now in, in uh, anything. uh
0: absolutely right. Like,
1: so, it's like a rental car. Uh, why, yeah, why wouldn't why sure. wouldn't you try the rental car out before you purchase the vehicle? No, yeah,
0: for sure. I think you're absolutely yeah. correct. I also think that there's there's ways to do proxies that are um because the the sort of the criticism that people have at level against proxies is that you can make them so inexpensively that you're not supporting the the game any further. There's still ways of supporting the game without spending, you know, $100 on a fetch land, right? Like right now, Polluted Delta is almost $100 a card.
1: Really? And you, wow.
0: if you go to Etsy, you can find people who make great looking proxies of $10 underground, $10 of, $10. of Polluted Delta for, you know, $5 or $6 a card. Awesome. And, like, and so, sure, like you're not paying, giving wiz- wizards your, your hard earned dollars, but you're giving another artist. An artist yeah. who may or may not ever, you know, make magic art, probably not because Wizards is going to blacklist them. But anyway,
1: <laughs> that's a different story cont- for another time.
0: You're, yeah, absolutely. But you're yeah. contributing to to an, arti- to an artist who is contributing something to the community, and you know, I, I don't see a, pro- a huge problem in in like, particularly if some of you get some cool art, like you can get some really, really oh, vibrant, really. dynamic art for some of these cards. Like, I'll be honest, I have a set of um original dual lands that are that are proxies and i mm-hmm. make they're unabashedly so but they're done in the style of the Kamigawa art land art style I know you that we that had side. in yeah. Neon Dynasty they look beautiful <laughs> and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm sorry like if you're going to tell me that i got to play one of those like ugly looking underground seas from revised <laughs> or i'm going to play my my nice looking underground sea with japanese styled art from Kamigawa mm, yeah no I'm not going to do it. I'm going to play my nice, the nice art that I like yeah. in, in my deck, and I make no bones about it. I will tell you, I, just, I like that art. I want that yeah. art.
1: Here's a more personal um, example. I'm going to shout out someone, a good friend of mine that I played with. He, uh, he works at an amusement park, and during Halloween he dressed up as a pirate. So he has a pirate deck with Admiral Beckett Brass, and he has a proxy of himself as Admiral Beckett Brass. That's like, cool. In his, in his, in his, in his uh, costume. And I was like, that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um and sure. it's just it's it's one of these like things that it becomes more personable, right? The game is meant to be personable. It's meant to be shared, it's meant to be played, right? It's a card game. It's not like yeah, yeah. we're we're an art exhibit or we're um, you know, like uh like a like a sneaker convention or you know what I mean? Where like it's a, it's a showmanship thing, right? We're yeah. not we're not flexing yeah, yeah. our hard earned cash here. We're we're playing a game that we love to play. And I'd rather yeah. see more people play it than less people play it. So now.
0: I'm also going to come back to the idea of printing of, of proxies when wizards essentially engage in that, in that process themselves. So right. the 30th anniversary product that came out what was a the proxy. The, they're <laughs> essentially proxies because they're not tournament legal. You cannot play the underground sea from the 30th anniversary in any sanctioned tournament. Um, okay. because the backing is not, is not the magic back and that is you know was a loophole that Wizards exploited to get around using the the the, the reserve list mm-hmm. and essentially they created league like proxies that have been legally created by Wizards of the Coast and you know if Wizards of the Coast can go ahead and print their own proxies then they're greenlighting us as players to use them they've also done it through those art cards that appear in set boosters and everything else, because those art cards all depict various cards from the set. Well, if, I mean, if you wanted a shouldered a shoulder's $120 a pop right now. Oh. If you have a shouldered art card, why couldn't you use that as, as a replacement to stand in for it until you can scrape together $120 of hard-earned money to go get yourself the fancy shoulders you want? Like, right. The Wizards is giving us these tools. And, like, sure, you could be the guy that collects the art cards. Sure. But, like, why not put those to some sort of use? So I'm going to tell you right now, as a player, I have a couple of copies of a Mox Amber. But I have a deck that needs a Mox Amber, and I'm like, I don't have an extra copy lying around. I can get an, but I do have an art card, a Mox Amber art card. Why, why not just slide that in? Wizards printed it. We all know what, what Mox Amber does. Seems good to me. So, <laughs> I'm personally of the opinion, like, I really have come around to the idea that proxying... And so long as you're intending to do it to test out new cards or to replace cards that you already own, but are prohibitively expensive that you, you know, may not have multiple copies of, or can't get multiple copies of because they're just scarce to find, I have no problems with that. And I don't, <laughs> And I think anybody who does, um, so long as you're not blowing the power level way out of the way out of the the ballpark, right? Like if you're playing pre-cons and you're proxying in mana vaults and mana crypts, that's and kind of like ridiculous, and yeah. crazy fast mana, well then maybe we need to have a conversation, but not about the proxies. About is that the appropriate oh. card for what you're doing? Oh, <laughs> probably not. I shouldn't I shouldn't put this crazy card in my deck that's gonna allow me to cast five drops on turn two. Fair. Um,
1: I think also proxy, the making, having the decision to proxy also is about deck building and about really about like, are you, what are you doing to get the deck to do what you want it to do? I think um, we'll talk, probably talk about this in the future, I'm sure, just deck building and how we approach it. Um, but I, I started proxying because I wanted to make my deck run in a particular way. And I, the only way I could do it was a few of these pieces that I needed from a different deck, uh, quite simply. Yeah. So. Um, that kind of, what, spears us into uh, our last little bit, which is just, like, if you're in a position in an LGS, maybe you're we with your friends at your, uh, like, local kitchen table about proxies and if that conversation comes up, how would you handle it, Bruce? Uh, especially if someone is staunch against it, what would you want to say to them or at least try to help them understand, come to an impasse, right?
0: So, I think if I'm if I if I'm encountering somebody at a at a table who's particularly obstinate about not allowing um, proxies into the play in, in into into the game, um, which I haven't met I haven't met this person before yet, right? Like I you know people I have met are usually reasonably accepting of the proxies, depending on what they are, of course, right? So you know I haven't seen a lot of people proxying. You know, time twisters and uh, you know the truly broken stuff of of old. People are you know like they're proxying fetchlands because they they're you know they're reasonably pricey or because they're they're proxying you know stuff. I haven't encountered someone who's ob- objects to that. Now, if I think if someone's going to object to them, I think the, what's going to what's going to break them down is if you go and reveal like what the proxies are. Like it's one thing for me to say hey, Pete, I've got four proxies in my deck. And you go, what four cards do you have? Because if I tell you that I have four, four, four fetchlands in my deck that are, that are proxied, because I've got eight copies already in my other decks, and you go, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, I don't think a fetchland is going to inherently break the game. Right. If I tell you that I've got, you know, Time Twister... Uh, Mana Drain and, uh, you know, Mana Crypt and something else that's truly painous <laughs> okay. sitting there and that, you know, I'm going to, you know, essentially have taken my deck out of the state of the power level. I think that you need to divulge that to your opponent and say, here, this is what I proxied. And they're going to say, whoa. And I think that guy has good right to say, whoa, at that point, because he's not, he didn't necessarily sign up to play, Vintage
1: 2.0. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredibly fair. I know in that particular game, the player that I was playing against, it was just the two of us, and I had proxy to fairy's Protection. So he went to swing at me, and he was very confident that he was going to beat me because I didn't have enough blockers, and I cast fairy's Protection. Um, Oops. And I protected Which... myself and came back and cracked him back, right?
0: Which, for the record, many people have fallen into the trap of seeing three open mana and attacking I mean, into it and not I recognizing left... that's...
1: Yeah, and it's like I left the guy alive, too. Like, I could have killed him earlier in the game, but I knew that he would complain because he's playing a, a slightly upgraded pre with a few extra cards, right? Right. So I, like, I just let him play his deck, right? I didn't touch his board at all. I didn't board wipe him. I didn't yeah. do anything oppressive. Um, In the game, I just let him play the deck and Enjoy himself and then I beat him and he got mad and I'm like, okay, well, it's not actually my problem (laughs) Um, But in terms of like proxies, I'd say like I'd be like, listen, like If you went online and you saw the price of my deck, How much it cost And and you had that same amount of money in your wallet And I took your wallet and just burned it Right, threw it in like a fireplace How would you feel, right? Maybe like, ah, well, you know I feel horrible, right? Because I don't have any money. That's how I yeah. feel because I've invested six years into this game, right? Mm. And that would be like my subtle little funny way of saying, like, it doesn't matter. Do what you want. Because um, your opinion doesn't change my opinion about, I think the accessibility of this should be for everyone. It's like, it's like we put a gate on the, on the game. You know what I mean? Like, a, like, a, like an entry fee. It'd be like, you want to go to your favorite amusement park, you got to pay $500. That's ludicrous, right? When it's the first time we started playing, was it was $5 to get in. You know what I mean? So
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure I would go quite the route of, like, what if I burned your wallet? But I was like, hey, like look. Like,
1: it's just like a silly, you know, a silly yeah, like, I know. metaphor. It's, 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 or it's, it's what we're kind of getting at, like,
0: yeah, it's a combination of metaphor and this some hyperbole. like like it's it's an, it's an over exaggeration of what would actually happen, but it, it, it does illustrate the point that you know it's expensive. This game is an expensive p- game. And when game pieces that we like to use um cost the, at the price that they sometimes do, it makes sense for people to proxy them or to own a single a singleton copy and then make proxies of it to go in other decks because you know, like, Jeweled Lotus is $100 a card. Yeah. And you know what I could do with $100? Buy groceries for the week for me and my kids. Yeah. Right? Like, that's reality. And so I'm like, am I going to go spend 100 bucks on a Jeweled Lotus? Well, if I do, I'm doing it one time. And I'm mm-hmm. putting it in a binder. And then I'm playing with proxies of it. Because I own a copy. I've gone and invested in supported Wizards of the Coast. But I can't buy six of them. I can't buy twenty-four of them. Yeah. I mean, I have twenty-four decks. I can't go and like I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's my choice. I know we're recognized, but I can buy one, and yeah. you know I could move it from deck to deck. But that's kind of a pain, and your opponents aren't going to like it if you have to spend twenty-five minutes sorting out your deck to slide in your Jewel Lotus once again when right. I mean, you play the process-
1: too... Is this isn't even competitive format? I know CDH is, is different in terms of it's the idea is the spirit of competition with it, and there are tournaments for that and everything, but the format that we like the format that we play in the majority is it's meant to just be like you playing ridiculously convoluted, you know, crazy things. Mm-hmm. Let people have their fun, I'd say, um, and I think like. It's a, it's down to personal pride. You know what I mean? I think it's not necessarily about the cards. It's about the person who's complaining yeah. or, or carrying yeah, on I mean,
0: or, or supporting right. it. Right. That's why I think if they, if it's about the personal person a person, it's a, it's about the individual. It comes back to like then being transparent with them. Be transparent, yeah. and that's I think why why I would mm-hmm. say okay. I I got four proxies in my deck, and they and they look at me skeptically. I'm like, okay, let's open the deck. Let's pull it out. I'm like like. I, don't, I I have no, I'm quite I'm a firm believer that if you want to look at my deck, here, look. I don't have a problem with it. I've never been somebody who's been prepared to hide my deck list. Um, <laughs> That's silly. Most of my deck lists are on Shield right now. If somebody wants to go look at my decks, they can go and find all, almost all my decks I've built and find out what's in it and say, "Oh, Bruce is playing, you know, that card." I got nothing to hide. And so, like, if I can show another player, like, here, I'm not hiding anything. Here's my, Here are the four proxies. They can now make a determination for themselves if they're going to be upset or not. Yeah. Now, if they're really adamant, they're like, no, I really would feel better if you don't play with the proxies. Okay, I guess I can pick another deck, or I can substitute them for something else. I've got ways and means to do that. But I find, if you're usually up front with somebody, and you say, like, here's what's happening, here's what I'm doing, Here's here's the deck. Here's the proxies. What do you think? Yeah, cool. I think I think we can still have fun at this play, at this power level as well. And if they really don't agree and they say, well, I think that that's that's a really strong card. I'm not sure that that's totally that's totally legit. You know, okay, okay. I'll take the time twister out. I'll put another card in. Right? Um, it's probably fair. Time twister's kind of a you know notch above many things. That's all right. <laughs> if they go and say, hey, can you take out your nefarious protection? I'm like, wait a second there, man. Like, that's probably a card that most of us could have and do have. I don't know why I would need to be substituting that out. Or, you know, they don't like the toxic deluge or they don't like the whatever.
1: That's their they personal just, problem, right? They just yeah. don't like the card.
0: Yeah, which um, is to me very different than saying, I think that one there is a little too like, power, level, power level high. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can agree sort of on those sort of, like, maybe they pick out the Mana Crypt and say, okay, that, that card is kind of nutty in that deck. You're like, oh, yeah, fair. There's lots of rocks out there to sub out for a Mana Crypt. Like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. all right, like, I would rather I would rather play the game than sit here and, and argue over whether that card is going to skew the power level of the, of the game or not. So, like, I'm pretty okay with us saying, all right, you know what? But they've got to be pretty upfront. Like, don't tell me, oh, I don't like your Cyclonic Rift. Hey, <laughs> I don't know why you're yeah. proxying Cyclonic Rift anyway. I know it's a $30 card, but, like, come on now. It's been out for 10 years. Most hey,
1: hey, why are you coming at me, Bruce? Hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know. Pick a fight
0: tonight. I'm looking at a copy right here on my desk. So, anyway. Uh, well. Uh, um,
1: <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, well, you know. So. so, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I just, the- I if just, we take away anything, right, with the audience tonight is, uh, just discusses, right, discusses with your local play group, discusses with the people you play with uh, on a daily basis, and you probably find most people share this uh, similar sentiment to us. They just want to play the game. At the end of the yeah. day, we just want to play the game,
0: and and, so, and we we yeah. we want to do cool. we want to do cool stuff. That's like I think that's what like really boils down to. Like, we all want to do cool stuff, yeah. and like so. You know, dumping on somebody because they playing a proxy. I'm like, come on now, really? <laughs> that's what you're going to do? Like, let's just do cool, some cool stuff tonight and play some crazy spells and do something fun. Yeah, agreed. The power level discussion does have to be had. So, like, yeah,
1: and that's another this you know another larger um, can of worms yeah. here. But, but I mean, For sure. I think I think more people as they get more deeper into the game over the years. We'll, we'll probably feel similarly. I, I, I would surmise just the way the company is going and everything. And I think just oh, to yeah. like end it to end it here, I just say like, um, with with all of that in mind, it, it's it's good to discuss like where you got the proxies from. like personally, I'm gonna out myself here. I just take a printer, print out the card, have like a Basic land on the backing of it and that's my proxy. Like I don't even buy an actual proxy card because I I don't want to spend the money. Um and I'm cheap. But I also own the card. So I guess it's like a balance to be had with that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Or writing with Sharpie on a piece of paper. I use it too yeah. too. And sh- and Bruce has seen it, so
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, anyway. I have I have no problem with it. <laughs> well, my approach to proxy is a little bit different, like where I will go and support an artist um and i will go with like the etsy or to find an artist i like and i'll find um a cool art style that i that i enjoy and uh i will i will pay money for for good proxies i have no problem making my proxies look like actual cards Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: with unique and different art um hey pete i sent you a dm with the with a link to some really cool looking og dual lands
1: i might change my mind (laughs) they're
0: super pretty folks uh, I might put the link in the show notes too. There's some watercolor lands from watercolor yeah. painted art, art lands from, uh, from an artist on Etsy. And I'm like, dude, I may have to buy these. They're cute. They're pretty. Um, but anyway, uh, that may. That's all, got, matter, guess, right? so. That's all we got, right? That's <laughs> all we got. Yes. So. There we go. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's a good conversation to have. I think it needs to be had on a regular basis. And as attitudes continue to change and evolve around proxying, I think it needs to be a conversation that gets updated on a regular basis. Hey, how do we feel right now about this? Oh yes. No. Okay.
1: (laughs) I think we've definitely, we've definitely beat, beat, beat this down. I think, I think think we've, (laughs) I
0: think we've, I think we've had the conversation to, to, to its natural conclusion. And I think that's good. Um, there's still like, there's still lots of nuance to that discussion that, Um, I'm not sure we can actually capture here in a, you know, in in a 35-minute conversation. I think it needs to be, it's like a conversation that could run on for, you know, a whole afternoon without any trouble whatsoever because of the fact it's so... um, It's because you're so
1: pleasant, Bruce. It's because you're so pleasant,
0: right? Oh, well, thank you. You need to talk to right? Very fair. All right. I, I try. I try. I try to but, make it easy. I hope. The, I hope the audience is thinking the same thing. But in send these
1: way. people home, right? So don't we should. We anymore. should send
0: them home because it's getting late, and they need to go. <laughs> Have home, a good go night, everyone. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> no. Oh, wait. Um, all right, but everyone, folks. Um, obviously, like as we said at the top of the show, um, our you can find our show on on the Lowest Council Discord. You can also in the show notes are all our personal information in terms of getting hold of us, uh, social media, and through the email. Also, you can find our show on all your favorite podcast apps. Um, So please uh, support us. Go out there and uh, find us on Podbean or iTunes or Google Play and enjoy the podcast with us. We enjoyed making it for you guys and love having feedback from you guys. All right. But uh, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Thanks very much uh, to all of you for stopping in and having a visit with us. And uh, we'll be back next week talking all things match the gathering. Probably. Some more Lord of the Rings, because it's uh, hot and fresh and all in our our minds. And, uh, yeah, have fun wherever you next play magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take Take care. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next week.